obviously today, or perhaps not so obviously, you may not have known as you came, but at least once a quarter, I try to make sure that we take time to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. And again, some of you probably come from different, I know most all of you come from a variety of different traditions. And the tradition that I grew up in, I'm not faulting it. I'm simply saying when we did communion where I grew up, it was always the same. Now, there's something very, very beautiful about something always being the same. I have enjoyed being married to the same person for 40 years. Excuse me, 45 years. I've enjoyed all 45, not just 40 of the 45 years. She may listen to the recording. So anyway, um, so there is value in the familiar. But for me, I also like to change things from time to time, uh, sometimes a little, sometimes a lot. And this today will fall kind of in the in the middle range. Um, but I just like to take some time for us to think a little bit about what it represents, and then we'll receive the elements in just a few moments. Uh, today, what I want to talk about briefly is the idea of consecrate yourselves. Last week, as I read through First Samuel chapter 16, it mentioned that in preparation for a special gathering, remember Samuel was going to anoint the person who was going to be the next king of Israel. And as he came into town, he was going to hold a sacrifice, and he encouraged the people to come to that special meeting. And in preparation for that special meeting, he said, we're going to have a meeting a little bit later on today. Go home, consecrate yourselves, and then come back. And then a little bit later in that same passage, it said that Samuel consecrated Jesse and his sons. And as I was reading that passage last Sunday morning, that idea of consecrate yourselves kind of just struck a nerve for me. And that, along with Ron's message the previous week, uh, reminded me about something recorded in the book of Joshua. And Ron touched on it, and I just want to quickly remind you of what was taking place. Moses had been leading the people of Israel, and the time had come for Joshua, his successor, to take the lead. And Moses had longed to lead the people of Israel into the promised land, and God had said, nope, you're not going to do it, but Joshua is. And so they were right on the on the cusp of taking control of this promised land, crossing the Jordan River and moving into what God had promised. And this was an incredibly exciting time. God had given Joshua a pep talk. And then we read in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, <clears throat> after God had gotten Joshua pumped and ready to go, be strong and courageous, he told him, says Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 says Joshua told the people consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you and i just love that they're preparing to go into battle and he says consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you some of you know the story A part of the amazing thing was they crossed the river because God stopped the river from flowing. 
all right, there's a rushing river. The battle is on the other side. That The river isn't even the battle. The battle's on the other side of the river. And God miraculously stops the water so they can cross over. Pretty amazing in my thing. Consecrate yourselves, and tomorrow God's going to do amazing things. If I were one of them, I'd think, wow, that's pretty amazing. God did what he said he was going to do. But that, was, that wasn't even, that was just the preamble. Because once they got over there, remember how it went? They marched around the city day after day, and eventually this walled city, the walls just fell down. Wow, that's even more amazing. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So I thought, what does it mean? What does it mean to consecrate? And it says, uh, one of the definitions is, consecrate, consecrate is to make holy or to dedicate to a higher purpose. And to me, that's an invitation for us. Now, I can do nothing to make myself holy. Let's be clear. No disrespect, but neither can you. All right? God does that part. But what I can do is make a decision to be dedicated to a higher purpose. I can say, God, I want to see you do amazing things. And I'm willing to have you do them in me, and I'm willing to have you do them through me. As I've said many times, the sacrament of Holy Communion inspires a variety of different thoughts and reactions. But to me, many of those parallel the theme of consecration or commitment. And today I want to use a a familiar story from Scripture to just challenge you with a couple ways to view communion as we receive it today. And I'm going to talk about, and again, Matthew tells the story, Mark tells the story, Luke tells the story. uh, But I'm going to read from Mark uh, today as Mark talks about a passage we often refer to as the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper, and we draw some of our our communion understanding or practices from this passage. So I'm going to read from Mark chapter 14. I'm going to start with verse 12. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when it was customary to sacrifice a Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparation for you to eat the Passover? Now we're used to hearing this prior to Easter, but it's also appropriate prior to communion. Verse 13, so he sent two of his disciples telling them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room furnished and ready, make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table, eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, surely not I. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. 
While they were eating, Jesus took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples. Take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them. They all drank from it. This is my blood of the new covenant, or of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said to them, I tell you the truth. I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And that just um, prepares for his pending arrest. What I want to pick up on is just a comment from verse 23. As they're sitting around the table, Jesus knows what's coming. They don't fully understand. And it says he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it or he offered it to them, and they all drank from it. Now, just picture that. Okay, Jesus is reaching out, and he's offering them a cup. And one by one, they receive it. Today, I encourage you to think about communion as an invitation to consecration or commitment. I asked earlier if you'd all received one of these. And today, in a moment when we actually open it up, I don't want you to think about this as something that was sitting on a table that you grabbed on your way in or that Mark passed around to you, or someone that you're with picked up and handed to you. What I encourage you to picture is Jesus is offering you a cup. Saying, take. This is for you. And for me, it's an invitation. And as I reach out to receive that cup, I'm committing myself to walk with him in a real, personal, life-changing relationship. It just I just think of that moment when he passed it to the first one. And then each person after that took it. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to follow him in willful obedience. Now, please understand, at that moment in the upper room, they didn't fully understand. But it got real in a hurry. And they began to understand, oh my goodness, he talked about the cup. And he said it was his blood. I have to believe, this is pure speculation, But those who watched him on the cross as his blood poured out, do you think maybe they had a flashback to the cup and his invitation saying, here, take this cup? To me, receiving the cup that he offers is a declaration on my part that I'm willing to try to sacrifice my will for the sake of his will. 
It's an invitation saying, Steve, will you take this cup and will you serve me with unwavering determination and dedication? As I think about it in those terms, this goes from a familiar ritual that we do on a quarterly basis or in some practices on a weekly basis to something that is on a whole deeper level. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5 again. He's told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And I see that's kind of the same thing. Jesus is saying, Will you receive this cup? Because God's going to do some amazing things. And I have to ask myself, with regard to Joshua's statement, would God have done amazing things that day with the Israelites if they had not consecrated themselves? Interesting thought, isn't it? If Joshua had said, consecrate yourselves because God's going to do something amazing, and the people had said, well, that's nice. But I got other things to do. And, and it just makes me wonder. Some of you know the story. Obviously, they had a great victory at Jericho after they consecrated themselves. Anybody remember what came next? The next city that for them to conquer was a city called Ai. In between Jericho and Ai, the people chose to be disobedient rather than to consecrate themselves in obedience. And they got whooped. Now, please understand, this is, I want to clarify theologically. I am not intending to imply we can manipulate the will of God by our efforts to consecrate ourselves. But I do believe our determination to walk in obedience, in consecration, in commitment and dedication makes a difference. So communion as an invitation to consecration. And today I encourage you when it's time to receive the cup to think about it, to just use your imagination in that brief moment that we kind of pull the lid off. Just imagine it's Jesus offering you this cup and saying, will you partner with me in all that I want to do in you and through you? Then I want us to think briefly a little bit later in the story in Mark chapter 14 and to think now about communion as an inspiration, not an invitation, but an inspiration to consecration. And I pick up in verse 32. They're in the Garden of Gethsemane, verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. 
he took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Now, now again, just use your imagination just a tiny little bit. This is, even if they don't fully understand who Jesus is, this is someone whom they love deeply. And he says to them, I mean, he's clearly troubled and distressed, and he says to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said. Stay here and keep watch. Now picture one of your best friends on the universe, in the universe, on the planet, saying, I'm just overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Will you pray with me? Will you pray for me? Will you stay here and keep watch for me? Going a little further, he fell on the ground, excuse me, fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. He had bared his soul to them, and their response was to take a nap. Simon, he said, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Back up with me to the cup. First, it was an invitation. It was an invitation to consecrate ourselves. Jesus is offering us the cup. Now, it's an inspiration. Jesus is now offering the cup to God and saying, would you take this from me? Because it's a lot. And then he says, but if you choose not to, I'm okay with that because I want your will above all else. Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, please. I'd rather not have it. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Today, as you receive the cup, I encourage you to think about Christ's willingness to receive a cup that called for ultimate commitment and sacrifice and allow that to continually inspire you to deeper levels of consecration and commitment as you seek to follow him in all things when I think about that I look at that tiny little bit and I think about that tiny little wafer And then I think about what it represents. An invitation for me to go all in. An inspiration to see what it looks like to say yes. 
in just a moment, I'm going to share an invitation that I usually share. It was in the bulletin that we sent out, but I'm going to read it. And then I will present the elements. And then I'll instruct you as far as how we're going to receive them. Again, it's the same deal. We're going to peel off the top layer and eat the wafer. Then we're going to peel off the second layer and drink the juice. But again, I want you to think about what it is you're receiving and what it is that you're offering. And I, and I will say this again. Uh, I try to say it every time, but I'm sure I miss some. <clears throat> this is a special time. It's just a silly little plastic cup and a little sip of juice and a little wafer. But we have a sense today in terms of what it can represent in our lives. Our practice within our denomination is you do not have to be a member to receive communion. As long as you're receiving this as an acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you're certainly welcome. But I will also say uh, there have been times in my journey where I was at a place struggling with frustration or relationships or a variety of other things where it was not the right day for me to take the cup and the bread. I don't, I'm not was not embarrassed by that. It was just not the right day. And so today, if it's the right day for you, by all means, if it's not the right day for you, that's okay too, as long as you understand why and you decide what you want to do with it. So this is, uh, we like to say, judgment-free zone. But again, if, if you're not comfortable with it, by all means, don't. Um, but if you are comfortable with it on some level, Hopefully we're all a little uncomfortable with it. But by all means, feel free to. So let me share an invitation with you. You who are walking in fellowship with God and are in love and harmony with your neighbors and who who truly and earnestly, excuse me, let me start over. You who are walking in fellowship with God and are in love and harmony with your neighbors, and you who do truly and earnestly repent of your sin and intend to lead a new life, following the commandments of God and walking from this time in his holy ways, draw near with faith and take this holy sacrament to your comfort and meekly make your humble confession to Almighty God. Now, join me in attitude of prayer as I... Pray a consecration of the elements. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in mercy gave your only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, accept our praise, we beseech you. We thank you for your love, for the gift of your Son, for the sacrifice he made in our behalf, for the forgiveness of our sins, and for the cleansing of our hearts for the present witness of your Holy Spirit to our hearts that we are your children. Grant that as we receive this bread and wine in memory of Christ's death and suffering in communion with you and with your children, we may be made partakers of his body and blood, who on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in memory of me. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in memory of me. Amen.